Today I want to continue in our series off the chain. If you haven't been with us, this is your first day with us. We've been four weeks. Today is week five on this series out of Galatians where we've been talking about living off the chain. And so the book of Galatians is a book written by Paul to the, to the region of Galatia. And Paul's quite upset when he writes the book because Paul went in and he preached the gospel, the purest form of the gospel, no strings attached, no religion, no legalism. He comes in, he preaches the gospel to the area of, of Galatia and people get saved and the church gets formed. And then right after he leaves, the religious folks, come on, you know, there's always religious folks around. They come in and they start adding to the gospel. So later on, Paul hears about it and he writes a letter because he can't go back and see him. So he writes this letter of of Galatians. And right at the beginning of the book in chapter 1, he says these words, I am shocked that this has happened to you. You see, Paul was mad because some religious person attached religion and legalism to somebody who just gave their life to Jesus in the purest, simplest way. Amen? If you'll notice, Jesus got mad at who? Religious people. People that wanted to make this relationship with God more difficult than it really is. People that wanted to add things to the gospel. They wanted to add things like like Christ dying on the cross and raising from the grave was not enough. They feel like they need to add something else. Anybody know somebody like that? Anybody ever been that person? So today we're in chapter 5, and so Paul's been, basically for the four, first four chapters, Paul's just been, he's been dealing with it. Just dealing with it. Coming at him, saying, don't let nobody fool you. Don't let them attach anything to you. You don't have to do this. To be right with God, you don't have to do these other things. He talks about how you, you get right with God by, by your faith through grace. That's how you're saved. It's by trusting and believing what Jesus did on the cross, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You are saved. You are now no longer an enemy of God, but a friend of God, a child of God. And you are in right standing with God. And you know what that means? That means that you can stand before God. That means that you can be in the presence of God. That means that you and God, y'all okay. Right? That means he's not mad at you, like most people believe. So Paul was upset because people were trying to make it complicated. And so chapter 5 kind of shifts the gear and gets real practical. So Paul made, made the statement clear that you need to get these chains off of you. You need to shake off this religion. You need to shake off this legalism. You can't work your way into the presence of God. You can't work your way into a right standing with God. You just got to know that you've got it by faith. So Paul's been beating the bush and then then he comes into this and he said he's going to tell us today how to live this life in faith. How to stay right. So I want to open up in verse one and I want you to see this Galatians chapter five, verse one. Watch what Paul says. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. So Paul. Once again, brings it back around. Christ has surely set you free. Watch this. This is the key. Now make sure that you stay free. Who's he telling to make sure that they stay free? The people. Who am I telling today to to make sure that you stay free? You. You take responsibility for your freedom. I'm going to say that again. You take responsibility for your own freedom. What the work that Christ did on the cross has set you free. 
It's your responsibility to stay free and to not let chains be put on you, to not let religion get put on you or legalism or anything else. It's our responsibility to stay free. Paul says to make sure that you stay free and you don't become a slave again. You seeing this? It's your responsibility. It's not Pastor Jamie's responsibility. It's not the leaders in the church's responsibility. It's not the guy leading the Bible study's responsibility. It's your responsibility to stay free. You see, we want other people to help us stay free and to keep us free. But nobody else can help you stay free. You've got to do that yourself. Amen? And we're going to talk today about how to stay free and how that happens. Because I want you to leave today with the right tools, the right understanding on how to stay free and how to live free. So the, the title of my message today is Living by the Spirit's Power. You think that's a good title? Came up with it all by myself. So number one, let the Holy Spirit guide you. It's as simple as that. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Galatians 5.16, Paul continues. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You see here, once again, Paul puts it back in our hands. You see, some of you came up in a false doctrine that you don't have to do anything, that this magical mystery tour is going to take your life and you're just going to go through life and everything good's going to happen to you and it's just going to pop up in front of you and you don't have any responsibilities and you just walk through and if you fail, well, then it's somebody else's fault because they didn't help you. Some of you came up with that kind of doctrine and it was a lie. We do have responsibility. We do have responsibility. Legalism and religion says that you got to do these good works to get in right standing with God. That's wrong. You're already in right standing with God. And because of that right standing with God, now you're going to take care of your responsibility out of love, out of honor, out of a hunger for God. Amen. So we have a responsibility. Look at your neighbor. Say you're responsible. You didn't mean that. So when Paul says to let, it means that we have some some control over ourselves to either let or not let. So you have the power to either let the Holy Spirit guide you, direct you, and you also have the power power to not let the Holy Spirit guide you. (laughs) You've heard us say this over the years. You're as close to God as you want to be. You're as in tune with the Spirit as you want to be. You're as led by the Spirit as you want to be. It's nobody else's responsibility. You see, we come to church and we expect the worship team to bring us into the presence of the Holy Spirit. I say that's wrong. You need to bring the presence of God in here with you because you've been in it all week. And together we get together with the presence of God and boom, something incredible happens. Amen. You see, I like to put weight back on other people. Because that's where it belongs. Because I'm responsible for me. I'm also responsible for my household. And I am responsible for the church to preach the truth, to tell you how to live. Amen. So let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You ever wonder how you get past the flesh? Do you ever wonder, how do I get past this sinful nature? How do I, how do I live beyond this thing? How do I Get its control away from it. Paul just gave it to you. 
By letting the Spirit of God guide you. When you're being led by the Spirit of God, come see, Lindsay. I'm the Spirit of God because I'm bigger. So, so Lindsay's being led by the Spirit of God. Now, while she's being led by the Spirit of God, she's not fulfilling the desires of the sinful nature. Right? Because you can't do two. You can't follow the Spirit of God. You can't let it guide your life and obey the sinful nature. You can't do that. It's either one or the other. So if she stops and the Spirit goes on, she can now follow her sinful nature. Is this making sense? You look like the mule at the gate. As long as I'm following, thank you, Lindsay. As long as I'm following and letting the Holy Spirit guide my life, I'm not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Come on, you got to get this. How do you overcome the flesh? By following the Spirit. It's when you quit following that you start falling. Right? Let the Holy Spirit guide you. There's a battle going on inside of you. I said, there's a battle going on inside of you. Some of you take that lightly. But I'm telling you today more than ever before, there's a battle going on inside of you. Let me tell you about my first night in London. First night in London, we stay in this old hotel room. And I kind of got court blanche because I'm the biggest guy in the group. So I got to sit in the front seats because they all drive small cars, poor fellas. And, and I get to get the room by myself because the bed's bigger. So I, you know, I had finally received some perks for being big. I had to go to a small country to do that. But so I get a room all by myself. Brother Keith and another guy stand in the other room. And there's a TV there. And I'm like, it's 930. I'm like, turn the TV on, see if I can catch a ESPN or something. I turn the TV on. I'm on channel one, two, three, four, five. This is all the major channels. Channel six, boop, pornography. No password, no code, no warning, no nothing. Boop! Pornography. I hadn't seen it in 15 years. Pops up, and I went, <gasps> and you can't find the power button. You're like, <laughs> I was like, dang! And I got mad because the devil hijacked me. He blindsided me. I turned it off. I confessed it to Brother Keith the next morning. I said, man, look, don't turn that TV on. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just telling don't turn the TV on. But let me tell you what happened. The rest of the trip, I had a war raging inside because of what I saw. You want to know why? Because my sinful nature liked it. It loved it. My spirit didn't. There was a war going on. So the last night in London or England, I'm in a hotel room just outside the airport. Once again, I got my own room. 11 o'clock at night. Last night. Don't have to answer to anybody. TV's right there. In fact, it's a bigger screen. It's right there. Remote control's calling my name. You know, I bet you could catch ESPN. I bet ESPN's on. And there was a battle going on. Let me tell you something. It was a serious, serious battle. The sinful nature wanted to go this way 
And the spirit said, don't go this way. You know how I overcame? I marched around the room praying in the Holy Ghost. That's my prayer language. The Bible says when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it edifies the body. It builds it up. I needed to make a good decision. I needed to follow the right spirit. I stirred it up and I didn't turn the TV on. There's a battle going on inside of you. Paul says that. He says there's a battle. So when we're being led by the Holy Spirit, we're not fulfilling the lust and the desires of the flesh or the sinful nature. You getting this? We're not. As long as we're following the spirit, we're not following the sinful nature. So that means we've got to keep following the spirit, right? You see, now I was trained that as, a, as a young Christian that you needed to pray at least once a day. I, then later on, I was trained that you need to have a prayer life, which meant 30, 40 minutes of prayer every day. And that's the way I was trained, and that's the way I was raised in my Christian walk. I realized on this trip that my life is my prayer life. That I'm to pray without ceasing. An hour a day don't keep the devil away. Come on, somebody. I can't get up in the morning morning and give Jesus a little 30 minutes of glory. Say, oh, Lord, you're so good. Protect me today all day long. I'll see you in 24 hours, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. And expect the devil to leave me alone. Expect my sinful nature to quit. It's not going to happen. My life is my prayer life. Let me show you a verse that I got. You've heard it said like this, pray without ceasing, right? Let me read it to you from the message translation. It's, it's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Pray all the time. Pray without ceasing. There's an enemy that's walking around like a roaring lion, lion seeing, seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may bring division to. He's looking for somebody. Amen. He don't need to find you slipping. He needs to find you all up in the Holy Spirit. And when he sees you, he's going, ah, me oh my, pass him on by. Right? He needs to know that he can't mess with you. Why? Because you're in the Spirit. You're being led by the Spirit. You're praying all day long. Your life is your prayer life. You don't stop. There's no reason to stop. There's no reason to stop praying. Why stop praying? It only gives room for the enemy to come in. It only gives room for the flesh to jump up and rise up. Pray without ceasing. Old business partner got called in one time for we were getting sued for something. And he got called in to give a deposition. And I guess that's what you call it. A deposition. So they're drilling him with the same questions over and over and over and over and over and over again, trying to get him to slip up. And he, so he's telling me the story. And he's getting furious. Because he knows they're trying to trip him up. And he said, I said, well, bro, what'd you do? He's like, well, I wanted to slap the guy. He said, but I, I knew I couldn't do that. He said, so I just, I prayed in the Holy Ghost under my breath. There's times my kids blowing. 
Somebody pulls out in front of you in traffic. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm saying. Pray all the time. So let the Holy Spirit guide you. Something that you do is you let the Holy Spirit guide you. You may have heard this, that the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to come in and overtake you and force himself on you. He wants to be invited in. He wants to feel welcome. He wants to know that he's wanted. Come on, somebody. And if you'll invite him in and you'll make a nice place for him to walk with you and live with you, you're going to see incredible things happen all around you. Amen? Incredible things are going to happen all around you. In my quiet time this week, I was in Acts, and the Lord brought me to Acts, and I'm reading Acts, and it was a simple verse in chapter 3, I think it's verse 12. It says, it just simply says this, Peter saw an opportunity and addressed the crowd. This was right after he prayed for the guy at the gate called Beautiful. Remember, they came by, and the guy's begging for gold and silver, and they said, gold and silver, have we not? But what we do have, we give to you in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. When that happened, this guy starts dancing, jumping, shouting, walking. Everybody knows him. That's T-Boy. He's been crippled since he was born. Well, T-Boy's running around the neighborhood. And T-Boy's hanging around the disciples. Well, all these people start coming. And the Bible says that Peter saw an opportunity and he addressed the crowd. You see, if you're walking in the flesh and you're living in the sinful nature, you don't see the opportunities of God. Because the flesh can't see what God puts there in the spirit. (laughs) That was good. When you're living in the flesh, you can't fulfill the desires of the spirit. Peter saw the opportunity and he addressed the crowd and he started preaching to the crowd. There's opportunities. This is what the Lord told me. This was my application for my quiet time. Every day is opportunities to do something in the supernatural, to do something for God. He always places opportunities in front of us. If we'll just dwell in the spirit, be led by the spirit, we'll run into opportunities and we can seize them. Today, more than ever, we need to be led by the spirit of God. The decision the Supreme Court made How do you fight that? Be led by the Spirit. It's not a flesh battle. You can't go around beating homosexuals and think that you're going to change the heart of the country. You can't do that. You got to hate the sin and love the sinner. Right? And you got to walk by the Spirit. and and God will run you into people that you never thought you would run into. And he will give you the words to tell them that will knock the chains off of them and that will breathe life into them. You don't have to worry about what to say. You don't even have to plan anything. You just need to let the spirit guide you. Just let it. Let it. Let it guide you. Number two, choose the spirit's desires. I don't know if you realize this, but there's two desires at war inside of you. One is your sinful nature and the other is the spirit's desire. Verse 17 to 18 in chapter 5 of Galatians, it says this, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. You see the results of the war? 
There's a result of the war. You got to defeat the sinful nature so that you can fulfill the good intentions you want to do or that the spirit's leading you to do. Amen. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you're directed by the Holy Spirit, how do we stay free from the chains? How do we stay free from religion? How do we stay free from legalism? By being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's got a desire for you that is totally opposite of your sinful nature's desire. Anybody getting some yet? It's totally opposite. Your sinful nature only wants to do evil. It's selfish. It's greedy. It's self-centered. It don't care about nobody. It's angry. It's bitter. It's jealous. It's prideful. That's your sinful nature. How many of you felt the battle go on inside of you? How many of you know how to sense that? When then, when you got the, you got one voice that seems it seems like the sinful nature is loud. It goes, "Hey, I want to watch that on TV." And I wish it was the opposite that the sinful nature would say, "Hey, come and watch out TV," and the spirit would say, "Heck no, it don't work that way." I think God wants us to pay attention. And the spirit man inside goes, no, 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 no. You don't need that. You're free from that, buddy. You don't have to go there. You're not obligated to go there. You're free. Hey, remember, you're free. Isn't that how it works? This battle needs to be taken seriously. You can't play around with spiritual things. You can't take lightly and play around with this Christian walk and this Christian life. Because when you do, what you're really saying is that I've taken lightly what Christ has done on the cross. I believe all of heaven is waiting for us to take this thing serious and to overcome this sinful nature. And be led by the Spirit of God so that we can accomplish more of what the Spirit wants and less of what we want. Amen? You know what's funny is that when we focus on ourselves, we usually get ourselves in a worse mess, right? Come on, when you realize, you you might hear a message like this today and you realize, you know what? Pastor Jamie's right. I'm going to start praying three hours a day. Well, How's that working for you? By Tuesday. By Tuesday, you done, you done stressed out. I can't pray no three hours a day. Why? Because you took all the focus off the spirit of God and the presence of God and you put it on yourself and now you're trying to oomph it. And you get in trouble. So let's look at what happens when you follow the, sin, the desires of the sinful nature. Anybody want to know? You might find the world here today and you might even find yourself in these scriptures today. Verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, Wild parties, 
and other sins like these. That's the fruit of your sinful nature. When you choose to not let the Holy Spirit guide you and you choose to follow your own desires, this is what you produce. Are you getting this? This is the only thing you can produce when you follow the, the desires of the sinful nature. You can't, you can't hope that you magically produce some other kind of fruit. Because it doesn't work that way. When you follow the flesh, you reap from the flesh. And this is what you reap. Now you need to put your seatbelt on for this next sentence. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Anyone. 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 Living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's strong words. That's eternal words. That's words that make the difference between life and death. This thing is serious. You need to take serious who you follow. You need to take serious this walk with Christ. You need to take serious the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you. You need to stop playing around with the Holy Spirit and you need to get serious with the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm guilty. I've played for years. Played for years. Just use the Holy Spirit only when I need it. Get me out of a bind like a tow truck. You get in a ditch, you call a tow truck. You get in a bind, you pray in the spirit and you call out to God. It's time to take it serious. You want to know why? Because there's people God put in your path that are on their way to hell. And you're the answer. You're the solution. You need to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to get past yourself and be busy about others. Amen? Brother Keith said something that blew my mind back. He said, if you don't fall in love with winning souls, you'll love watching people burn in hell. Get you some of that. (laughs) If you don't fall in love with winning souls, you'll enjoy watching people burn in hell. You know, that's just the reality of it. People don't like to hear that because those words hurt. Right? Those words are real. Those words are in your face. Right? People don't like to hear that. Some of you kind of cringed when I said that. I cringed when I heard it. But my God in heaven, it's true. I need to be led by the Spirit of God and not Jamie. So we have to make a choice which desire we're going to follow. Now, let's look at the the fruits of the spirit. Verse 22, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Doesn't that just sound better? Right. Doesn't it sound cleaner? 
Doesn't it sound a little more light? Doesn't it sound like it's got a little life in it? Come on, say it with me. Say love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 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 Oh, I need me some self-control. Self-control. You're preaching to yourself right now. You see how I tricked you? Self-control. I need some self-control. Lord Jesus. I need some self. I need some fruit of the Spirit. Now watch what this. Let me, let me tell you what this verse means. This verse means that the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in you. You don't produce the fruit yourself. Some of you have raised your blood pressure trying to squeeze out some fruit in your life. I'm serious. You've killed yourself trying to be patient. You've killed yourself trying to have self-control. I gotta have self-control. I gotta have self-control. Oh, I gotta have oh. How do you know that, Pastor? I've been chasing patience for all my life. Still hadn't caught up with it. And every time I try to be patient, I get more opportunities not to be patient. So I just keep patience as a secret now. It's undercover. I don't want to talk about patience. Somebody starts talking about patience, I go to another room. Because I don't want to have to deal with patience. I ain't got patience for that. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit. We don't produce it. He produces it. <laughs> Let that soak in for a minute. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit inside of you. Now, some of you were taught like I was that we got, we got, oh, that's just too simple. It can't be. It can't be that the Holy Spirit produces this in me and I don't have to do anything. Well, you do have to do one thing. Let it happen. Just let it happen. The scriptures say that the Holy Spirit produces the fruit. Why do we need to be all up in the Holy Spirit? So that he can keep on producing fruit in our lives. You see, God don't want you focusing on producing fruit. That's why he, he made it so that it'll happen. That's why he created it and designed it this way that the Holy Spirit would produce the fruit in you as you follow Christ. As you follow the Spirit. As you step out of yourself and your comfort zone and you walk into the realm of the spirituals. That, that you start to see things happen. And you start to step out. And you start to reach out. And you go to those people at work that you're afraid of. You're more afraid of what they think than what God thinks. And you start to pray for them and you start to encourage them. And you may even need to lay hands on them. Not like you want to lay hands on them. (laughs) With God intentions, amen. You start praying for people. Believing God for people. You see a co-worker limping, you go pray for them. The end of that verse, I love this part. It says, there's no law against these things. And I've always said this, that there's no law. In other words, there's no limit. 
That's the way I've always interpreted it, that there's no limit. You can produce as much fruit as you allow the Holy Spirit to produce in you. Right? Your branches can be dragging the ground and the fruits dangling on the ground. It's all up to you, right? But it also means this, that you cannot get this by legalism. Let me tell you what it says in the message. Verse 23. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. (laughs) It only gets in the way. So let me show you what this looks like. I hope it doesn't look too goofy. I don't know what I'm about to do, but I just feel like I need to show you. Legalism. Me and my friend, my best friend, we wanted to quit cussing. (laughs) Anybody still trying to quit cussing? It's okay. You can raise your hands. Me too. We wanted to quit cussing. So we came up with this way to quit cussing. We said to each other, if you hear me say a cuss word, punch me as hard as you can. I said, oh, yeah? I said, well, if I see you cussing, I hear you cussing, I'm going to punch you too. He said, all right, bro, bring it. And we were still in high school. So, man, sure enough, next day, something slipped out of my mouth. I, I forgot what we talked about. All of a sudden, I get, bam! I was like, I said, bro, what the beep? Bam! I'm like, would you quit it? I'm going to kick your beep. Bam. <laughs> and everybody's looking at us like we're stupid. We're best friends. And finally it dawned on me. Oh, idiot. You told him to punch you when you said a cuss word. I couldn't wait for him to slip. The gun was loaded. I followed him everywhere. How stupid is that? It only gets in the way. You see, what happened is our focus turned from what the spirit was doing to what we were doing. So legalism makes you focus on yourself. And the spirit doesn't want you to focus on you. Everything you need is found in your walk. I'll say that again. Everything you need is found in your walk with Christ. As you follow Christ, as the Spirit leads you, if you need healing, it comes. If you need deliverance, it comes. If you need provision, it comes. It's in the walk. Some of you are not getting what you need because you quit walking. You quit following. And when that happens... You get mad at who? You get mad at God. And he's going, what you mad at me for? You don't want to quit. You ever try to help somebody and they quit? In the middle of trying to get them out the ditch, oh, I can't do it. Right? Don't you know that's how we are? You know how I overcame my addictions? In my walk. And I overcame pornography in my walk. I didn't need anybody to punch me. I didn't need anybody to call it out in me. 
I just started following. And when I put my eyes on Jesus and I took them off of myself, things strangely happened in my life. Sin no longer had power over me. I was delivered in the walk. Delivered in the walk. That poor stage. That poor stage. <laughs> I was glad I wasn't here last week. You can't strain hard enough to make fruit produce in your life. You'll just end up with a headache. Number three, abide in the vine. Abide in the vine. I was praying this week and the Lord gave me the word abide and I started looking for it and found it here in 15 of John. Abide in the vine. And I hope this kind of sums up today's message. I want you to see this. You put that picture up there. Abide in the vine. Jesus said this is Jesus talking. He says, I'm the grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off everything in me that doesn't produce fruit. I am the vine. This is Jesus. This is you. Any part of you that doesn't produce fruit, God comes and he cuts it off. If you quit producing spiritual fruit, you're going to get cut off here. You know what happens to a branch when it gets cut off? It dies. You want me to bring you back to that verse in Galatians where he said that those that live this way will not inherit the kingdom of God? That's because they got cut off. Tell me this ain't serious. He also goes on to say, he cuts off every branch of mine that, that, does not, that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. So just because you produce spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all those things, just because you produce that doesn't mean that God's going to leave you alone. He wants more. Mm. If God wants more of you, can't you turn around and want more of God? That, that just got downloaded right there. That's for somebody. Somebody in here is defeated thinking that they can't get any more of God. They can't ask for any more of God. They can't get any closer to God. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If God can want more from you, then you can want more from God. Okay. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. That's a promise. If you'll remain in me, I'll remain in you. Yep, come see. If she remains in me, I will remain in her. You seeing this? Jesus is saying, Cheryl, if you'll remain in me, I'll remain in you. Who determines if he remains in me or not? If you remain in me, I'll remain in you. You're as close to God as you want to be. It's not hard. 
It's not even complicated. In fact, God made it quite easy and simple. The enemy and religious people try to make it difficult. Jesus simply says, if you'll remain in me, I'll remain in you and you'll continue to produce fruit. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be, given, it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. God gets the glory when the world sees your fruit. You need to start showing people your fruit. They need to see your fruit. They need to see your love. They need to see your joy. They need to see your peace, your patience, your kindness, your gentleness, your self-control. They need to see that. You know why? So that they'll glorify God in heaven. You know why? Because they know you can't do that in your own strength. It has to be something greater than them to produce that kind of fruit. Your fruit puts the world's eyes on God. So, Pastor, how do I remain in him? Just stay. Just stay. What does that mean? Just stay. Just stay. Don't run away. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't worry about what other people think. You just stay. Stay. Just stay. Don't leave. But the sinful nature wants this. So what? You're not obligated to go that way anymore. There's no chains on you anymore. So he can't pull you that way anymore. Because you see, when you gave your life to Jesus, those chains were broken. Off of you. You don't have to go. You don't have to follow this lust of the flesh, this lust of the eyes, this pride of life. You don't have to follow it anymore. There's no chains on you. You're not obligated. There's nobody can do anything to you to make you follow that except you. Just stay. Stay in the presence of God all day. It's your God-given right. He didn't die on the cross to say that we get 30 minutes a day. He said, remain in me and I will remain in you. That means you can live in the presence of God. But pastor, that's just for preachers to do. No, it's not. I want my kids to learn how to stay in the presence of God. How to stay connected to the vine. How to pray all day long. So how do we remain free like 
Paul said we needed to. It says, truly, Christ has set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Number one, you let the Holy Spirit guide you. Number two, you choose the Spirit's desires over your sinful nature's desires. And number three, you abide in the vine. It's pretty simple, right? Doesn't have to be complicated. Doesn't have to be complicated. Some of you right now, you're going, but, but, but what about this? But what about that? But what if, what if this happens and what if that happens? So what? So what? The Bible says, don't be worried about somebody that can take your flesh. Be worried about the person that can kill your spirit. In other words, you don't need to worry about what the world thinks. You don't need to worry about what they say about you. You don't need to worry about how they're going to treat you and how they're going to react. That's not important. The reason people hate you is because they're paying attention to you. And because they're paying attention to you, they're going to see the glory of God or not. The question is, is are you letting the glory of God shine through your life? Because you see in a dark day like we live in today. We're brighter than we've ever been before. In the dark times that we live in now. The world needs us more than they've ever known. And I'm telling you right now, from everything I've seen in England to what I'm hearing about throughout the United States, there's a great awakening going on right now. You're not the only church hearing a message like this. You're not the only church where the Spirit of God is, is pulling on your heart to rise up and be who God's called you to be. You're not the only church. It's happening across the world because God's getting ready to do something. There's an awakening happening. It's as if God's going, wake up. It's time to go. Come on, get up. My love about Brother Keith is when we sleep, he gets up early than we do. And he's got that rough voice. And I'm out cold. He walks in the bedroom and goes, dear God, son, the world's dying and going to hell and you're in here sleeping. I'm not lying. <laughs> There's a great awakening going on. This dying, dark world is waiting for you to shine bright. So this morning, I don't want to, I don't want to pass up an opportunity. I believe God gave me that word for a reason. When you see an opportunity, you seize it. I want to seize the moment this morning. I want you to stand up with me. Some of you are here today and you're, you're still full of excuses. Some of you are here this morning and you're still questioning, is this real? Is it not real? Come on, is, is this guy being extreme? Or is this thing that I'm feeling in my heart really real? Some of you are here this morning and you still got some chains on you. And you're taking your job and your career and your reputation more serious than you're taking the call of God on your life.
And then some of you are here this morning, you got, you know, this, this spirit thing's great, but Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't have the Holy Spirit. I don't, I've never been filled with the Holy, I don't have a prayer language. No matter who you are this morning, I just want you to come out. I just want you to step forward. Come to the front. I want to pray for you this morning. Whoever you are, wherever you find yourself, if you've not been filled with the Spirit of God, can I just pray for you this morning? It's not weird. It's not spooky. It's just the precious thing that God gives us. Come. Right now. Don't hesitate. If you feel there's something holding you back, And you need prayer from that. You need to be released from that. Come forward. Right now, come forward. If you've never given your life to Jesus, come forward. So everybody's filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, today is your day. I'm taking this serious. I'm not playing around with this. Because if you're going to be led by the Spirit, you need to have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you. Don't hesitate. Nothing holding you back. Don't accept any excuses. Don't let the enemy whisper in your ear that this is embarrassing and this ain't cool. This is the coolest thing you can do in Christianity.